Hey sports fans, it's that time once again, coming to you from Altman Studios in downtown Brentwood to your ears wherever you're listening. This is Clocked In With The Press, Sports Edition. Double the pleasure, double the fun, double the hosts. Today you've got me, Jake Menez, and... Kyle Tomaski. Here talking about sports. Kyle, I'm going to let you talk about our first story here. All right, let's talk a little bit about volleyball. The Heritage Boys volleyball team competed in the Stockton Classic last weekend. They went 3-1 and one with wins over Sierra, Mountain House, and Fresno Christian. They lost to Ripon Christian, but 3-1 is a pretty good start to the uh, season tournament-wise. And Heritage actually finds themselves at the top of the division right now. Of course, league play has not started but Heritage is 4 and 1 with Liberty behind them at 4 and 4. Deer Valley is 3 and 4, Freedom is 5 and 8, Pittsburgh struggling out of the gate at 1 and 10 and Antioch is 0 and 5. Still looking for their first win, Jake. So going into the Stockton Classic, Heritage had had a pretty good it's early in the season, but they'd had a pretty good season so far, obviously. They've lost what one game, I think. Exactly, 4 and 1 according to maxpreps.com. What is maxpreps? Well, it's like a, almost like a clearinghouse for high school sports. They put up results. They put up pictures. And I think it's a pretty popular kind of the go-to site for uh, fans and media alike. And so our fans can go on Max Preps themselves and look at these stats as well. Absolutely, Perfect. yes. And so, so Heritage, they were 4-1 and one going into the Stockton Classic. The team they did lose to, the Ripon Knights, was undefeated going into the uh, tournament as well. Absolutely. They're 13-0 this season and 3-0 in league play. And so, und- I mean, undefeated is obviously kind of always impressive, but early in the season, is it as it's not quite as impressive as you know late in the season? I would say. Well, I think a lot more uh, emphasis is placed on league games, which is obviously teams that are around your area, and that really goes into the seeding for the postseason. And you said league play hasn't started yet either, though. Mm-hmm. Do you know when that will start? That's going to start in um, mid-April. Okay. Yeah. Being undefeated now, then, does that really have much emphasis on that, or is it really just kind of warm-up for that league play? Well, it really sets the tone for the season. I mean, obviously, if a team is off to a hot start, conventionally, you think that they're going to carry that into league play. But, uh, you know, anything can happen. Some teams choose to kind of ease into the season, and sometimes their competition that they play prior to league play isn't quite uh, what league play offers. And so, you know, some teams... Uh, will play a kind of a light league schedule and pick up a bunch of wins, while others will play a tough schedule and then ease into league play by uh, kind of playing difficult teams to begin the season and then play maybe a little less comp- competitive teams in league play. Okay, yeah, and you've been the sports correspondent for the press for, what, eight years, nine years? Yeah, something like that, nine and years. And so in your experience, I know it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, but... You know, the teams, our local teams, you know, Freedom, Liberty, uh, Heritage, how do they tend to do in volleyball just as a whole? Well, Heritage is usually the top team when it comes to girls volleyball um, and boys volleyball too, actually. But Deer Valley is also a very competitive team and both boys and girls. And Freedom and Liberty, are they really on the, uh, are they on the map much at all? The Liberty girls volleyball team used to be very good and they're kind of, um, on the upswing, I would say right now, they're trying to kind of build their program back up. But uh, yeah, they used to be stellar. I'm putting you in the hot seat a little bit here, so I apologize. But so what would you attribute the uh, the lapse and then uh, you know upswing? Has there been a change in coaches? There has been a change in coaches. Linda Gilladucci was the longtime coach for the Liberty girls team. And she was let go um, a couple seasons ago. And now they've kind of rifled through a few coaches the past couple of seasons after Linda Gilladucci Prior to that, had been the coach for several, several years. 
Okay, cool. So that, and so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out for him. Absolutely. It'll be interesting. All right, let's go on to uh, the diamond, should we, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Heritage Girls, or Heritage Softball team, is going to open their season this week at the Reed Tournament. That begins on March 25th. And they are the only league team right now that has not started their season. But um, looking at the standings, which is always interesting to look at, Pittsburgh is 5-2. and two. Antioch is 3-2, and two. Liberty is 1-4, and four. Deer Valley is 1-7, and seven. and Freedom is 0-1. And, and Jake, I'm really hoping, or I'm expecting, I should say, that Heritage is going to have a good season this year. As we talked about last week, they went undefeated last year in league play, and it doesn't look like they're going to be slowing down anytime this season. And they, of course, have a pretty good track record, you know, going back a few seasons as well. Absolutely. So there's certainly a precedent for them to have a good season. Yep, led by head coach Ron Rivers, who was also a famous football player, so he's multifaceted in the coaching ranks. Um, well, hang on. Before, before you go any further, let's, you're bearing the lead there. Let's, Ron, he's a famous football player, Ron Rivers. Y- yes, he, yeah, back when he played in the NFL behind uh, legendary running back um, Barry Sanders and kind of taking a step away from the diamond here for a second. We're going to go down this road. Yeah, absolutely. We cannot <laughs> fail to mention that Ron Rivers is carrying on quite a legacy um, at Heritage as he, he coaches the football team. He's also a very good vol- or softball player. And his son, Ronnie Rivers, is played, starred at Freedom, went on to Fresno State, and now uh, for fans a couple weeks ago, probably saw him at the NFL Combine. So he's following right in his dad's footsteps. And then there's also Devin Rivers, who's another River son, and he too is right there um, starring at Heritage, and I believe he's also getting college offers already. So, so uh, you said starting at Heritage, so he's just a freshman? He's already uh, getting... Starring. Oh, I'm sorry. I should say, yeah. But he is also starting. Okay, perfect. So he's a <laughs> freshman then, and he's already uh, getting college I offers. I believe he's uh, going to be a junior. Okay, but yeah. still, I mean, still, it's still very impressive. That's a whole family legacy thing going on. Yeah. It's interesting, you see a lot of baseball, a lot of crossover between baseball players and football players more so than other sports, I think. Because, you know, it seems counterintuitive to have a football star become a, a baseball or softball coach. But then you think about, you know, football players that have also gone on to try baseball and vice versa. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like maybe if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. And athletes can play many sports, not just one. You know, we've talked about, you know, baseball and football crossover a lot. But, of course, Michael Jordan went from basketball to baseball, which is... You know, an entirely different, it's a much rarer type of crossover to see something like that. Absolutely. And the list of multi-sport athletes is quite long. You got Deion Sanders, who played football and, and baseball. He's now retired. Um, but there's also Russell Wilson, who's now on the Denver Broncos. He plays quarterback, but he was drafted by the um, Chicago Cubs, I believe, in Major League Baseball. And there's been a long list of players who have played it seems to be baseball and football right. if i'm thinking off the top of my head of players that can kind of mix mix their talents and, and so i'm getting us a little bit away from the main topic here i apologize so if you want to kind of lead back into the story to begin with but yeah no i fully agree though it just seems to be those two sports go almost hand in hand yeah and speaking of baseball let's take a look at the standings uh right now we got pittsburgh is 10-1 this season Freedom is seven and four. Antioch is five and three. Heritage is five and three. Liberty is six and four. And Deer Valley is three and seven. 
and that all-important league play begins in early April. And so you want to talk a little bit about past seasons? You know, just based on that, who do you think is going to, you know, be the strongest of the three local schools? you think it'll be Heritage? Well, that is a very tough question because you never quite know what's going to shake out here. Uh, early this season, it looks like Pittsburgh's got a good, off to a good start. Heritage is always strong. Liberty is up and coming. And you can never count out freedom. And I noticed that we talk we, we talk a lot less about Antioch. You know, how are their teams and do are there sports they excel at compared to other schools? Well, they're traditionally pretty pretty good at football, but uh, the rest of the sports they're still kind of trying to gain traction, even though they're a um, kind of an, an older school. Um, their athletic programs quite aren't quite as up to par as other teams in the area. And so that, so I mean, what would you say that is a result of? Is it coaching? Is it funding? Uh, I think it's probably a little bit of everything. I mean, their coaches try hard and they're they're talented, but it's kind of just luck of the draw. I think what it really boils down to is there's just a lot of quality competition in the area, and when you have so many good teams, someone has to be at the bottom. And that's a really great point because, yeah, if the other teams are doing so well and you're trying to play catch-up and they're just still, you know, making that exponential growth, it's you're always playing catch-up. Yeah, and I also understand that a lot of athletes from um, other schools, they play year-round, right? So if you're playing high school baseball, you go, you play high school baseball, and then you get out of the high school area, or arena, and start playing club ball year-round. And that's really how you improve, coaches tell me, um, and pick up your team. Yeah, and so now that these sports episodes are becoming evolving into more of a dialogue, I think it'd be great for people to know more about you, Kyle. So prior to being the sports correspondent, what's your history of sports? Did you play a lot of sports in high school? Absolutely not, Jake. I played zero sports. <laughs> I'm a writer, Jake, and that's <laughs> what I've always been. I've never actually been. Well, the closest I've ever been on the field is when I had a pen and paper in my hand. Oh, that's such a great answer, Kyle. But so if I can continue to ask, I know we're getting a little sidetracked here. So what made you want to write about sports then? Well, I've just always naturally been interested in sports. People ask me that question a lot, and I can't really explain it. I've just always liked sports, and I guess I have a little bit of talent in writing. So you put those two together, and (laughs) this is what you get. I'm so glad to have you on these episodes. You're so fun. Should we go on to another story, Jake? Yeah, I think that's exactly where we're at, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the lacrosse Delta Breeze. They continue to uh, gain traction here in East County. They played for the first time last weekend at Freedom High School, so it's good to see them playing locally. And I also understand one of their um, older teams, I believe it was the 14U squad, is now combined with the Livermore squad to create a force Maybe perhaps a force to be reckoned with. And that's that's quite an area to spread to go all the way out to Livermore. It is, but unfortunately, lacrosse hasn't gained as much traction as other sports in the area. Area, You got baseball, you got football, you got maybe even a little bit of tennis. But lacrosse is just now starting to emerge here in East County. And so far, it's gained a lot of popularity. Johnny Boone, I believe, and his wife Lori Boone has really... Has really um, they, they launched the breeze and it's gaining more and more teams. It seems like every week. Now that might not be completely true, but the amount of teams and the amount of players that are uh, playing in the league is really increasing lately. 
Would you say that it's fair, you know, it's, we're talking about it's slow to grow, would you say that a fair element of that is just the need and the space for it as well? Absolutely. Because, you know, other sports obviously that have been more popular for a longer period of time have obviously been prioritized as far as getting space, baseball fields, built football fields, all that, soccer fields, all that sort of thing. And so it kind of leaves you with at a deficit for space, if nothing else. Yeah, and the good thing about lacrosse is you can convert, you know, soccer fields, football fields into a lacrosse field. So, you know, all they pretty much need is a place to play. And we know in East County they have several nice facilities, so I can only expect that this sport is going to continue to grow. So I wonder if they'll find a more permanent home once the... Uh, I know Brent was looking at building that sports complex. So it was originally going to be where the uh, where the old Brentwood LMC campus was next to that Dollar Tree, and now it's going to be at the where they're extending Sand Creek Road. So I wonder if that'll be a more permanent home for a lot of these sports like lacrosse. Absolutely. Lacrosse, soccer, softball. The sky really is the limit, I think. When you have a facility, anything's possible. Because where's the nearest sports complex besides that? Is it the one that's in Antioch? Or there's that one, and then there's a couple smaller ones here in Brentwood. Obviously, Sunset Fields and um, the high schools obviously allow local teams to borrow their facilities or rent them, I should say. But but in total, in general, the area really doesn't have a great you know multi-use facility, so I think that'll be good in that regard. Absolutely, especially when you know Antioch has one, but there really isn't one in Far East County, I would say. Yeah, so I mean, so going back to the Delta Breeze more specifically, they went three and five at that event at Freedom, if I recall correctly. Yes, and you know they are a new kind of a, a obviously a newer squad, and so they are they are going to take their lumps, obviously, um, in terms of their teams that are a little more established, a little more. I don't want to say talented, but experienced is really the yeah, that's a great word is really the yeah. the key here, and uh, so you know down the road, I expect the Breeze to continue to pick up more and more victories as each week passes. And of course, these are these are young teams. Some of them are you know, 8 and under, 14 and under, stuff like that. Absolutely, and I would imagine that some of these players have never even played lacrosse. Yeah, that's exactly the point I was getting at. You know, you have to figure this is probably their first couple of seasons, if not their first season entirely, so this is probably still learning the sport just as much as anything else. Uh, absolutely. I do have a question for you, Jake, and this is getting a little bit away from the high school area, sure. but um, let's talk about Major League Baseball for just a second. Yeah, here, absolutely. Okay? And this is going to appeal to everyone, I think. Buster Posey, who's a San Francisco Giant player, he just retired at the age of 35. Must be nice. <laughs> um, he sold his house in Lafayette for $9.3 million, Jake. How nice would it be to have, to, to A, retire at 35, and B, have a $9.3 million house that you could sell? How nice would it be to have a house? <laughs> well, Yeah. Oh, man, that's incredible. I mean, just, yeah. And and so is the value of the house, is, I haven't seen the pictures of his home, obviously, but is much of the value the fact that it was owned by him, or is it just that nice of a place? I think it's that nice of a place. I mean, it's it's and a mansion. it's Lafayette, of course, so it, I guess that tracks. Yeah, yeah. And also in, in other kind of non-high school sports, we got big-time news this week with March Madness coming to the Bay Area. Um, top seed Gonzaga clashes with Arkansas today, and... Also, Duke and Texas Tech will play at Chase Center in San Francisco, and those two teams will battle for a chance. The, the winners of those two games will battle on Saturday for a chance to go to the Final Four. Are you going to go to any of the games? No, I will not be, but I'll be watching on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, why not? And so, do you have a favorite team for March Madness? You know, I, I really, you know, the big thing with sports fans is you fell out of bracket. My bracket's busted. First, the first day, 
all the time, right? So I choose to just sit back and watch and hope for a little bit, a couple upsets. You know, we've gotten this season, we've had a big upset in St. Peter's, a little school, right? That's reached the Sweet 16. It's anybody's guess how far they're going to go. They're playing Purdue in the Sweet 16, and their magical ride just keeps rolling along. I think it's very funny because I think, you know, the other people that I do know, I'm not, I don't have a great head for college basketball. I, I couldn't tell you any, I have no predictions whatsoever. But I think it's very funny that seems to be the case for a lot of people I know, even the ones that are more hardcore basketball fans, is people I know have built their brackets based on, you know, which mascots like the best, just because there's no rhyme or reason they feel to figure out who's going to win. Exactly. I mean, you can be an expert of college basketball, but the good thing about March Madness and the fun thing about March Madness is you never know what's going to happen, right? On any given day, any team can be another team. Like, for example, St. Peter's, which small school, beat the almighty Kentucky Wildcats. Nobody saw that coming, but it happened. And that's what makes March Madness so fun. And even the Globetrotters lose to the Generals once in a while, so you really can never tell. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Kyle, unless there's something else you want to talk about, I think we're pretty good for the day. I think that's enough sports for one day, Jay. (laughs) Well, then, if that's the case, then I think we'll call it an episode. Thanks for being on here, as always. I know you'll be off next week, so we'll have have someone sub in for you next week. But going forward, you are going to be part of these episodes. Absolutely. Well, well, I hope so, unless you guys kick me off. (laughs) No, I'm excited for people to get to, you know, hear your perspectives you're so good at at this whole sports thing. But that's what we've got for today, everybody. Thank you for listening again to O'Clock Noon with the Press Sports episode. For more news stories, more sports stories, all that, you can find us at www.thepress.net or by downloading our free app. You can find us online on Twitter at thepress underscore sports. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at press clocked in. I'm Jake Menez. And I'm Kyle Samaski. And this is us clocking, clocking out. out.